talking and it don't make sense Tell me what it's all about The truth is stranger the closer you get To the who, what, where, when, how Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Guess what I heard Guess what I heard Hi, this is Know What I Heard. I'm Jamie. Thank you so much for listening. And this episode is all about self-discovery. I talk with one of my very best friends about her coming out story. Uh, She came out when she was a little bit older, which we're going to be referring to as being a late bloomer. I think we can all relate to life kind of being this constant evolution of just self-discovery and self-awareness. And trying to figure out just what the hell makes us happy, whether it's, you know, starting a new job or going back to school, ending a relationship or starting a new one, finding new hobbies. Um, So that's kind of, again, what this episode is about, just kind of figuring out who we are. Um, So here's her story. You know, when you asked me about doing this, you know, I hadn't thought about all this stuff. God, it's been like 13 years, you know, since all that stuff happened. And, um, you know, just revisiting this 13 years later, it's just, it's kind of wild. <laughs> and seeing, you know, just the different place I am in my life right now, the different perspectives I had compared to, you know, back then, thinking about, you know, just the world that we live in or the the society that we're brought up in. I mean, we're not really taught or it's not encouraged to just kind of pause for a second, (laughs) pause and look inward and kind of figure yourself out. And I think if you're a straight person, there's a visible path for you, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. it comes across in media. It comes across in our families. It comes across in, what society expects of us. And, and if you happen to be born a straight person, you, you, you see that path in front of you. There are tons of examples of people that, you know, go to school, go to college, get married, have kids, be married for 40, 50 years and get retired and have a wonderful life. And that is what we're used to seeing as far as what's being mirrored back to us in society. Right. And for sure. For, you know, somebody like me who I didn't really identify, not really. I mean, I didn't, I didn't identify or recognize, um, that I might be gay or lesbian or queer or whatever growing up. Um, I, I had always had. I had always had attractions or like crushes, but I never recognized it as that. Um, and what's funny now is that now that I've kind of been in, in the queer community, um, or, you know, kind of, kind of a part of it, aware of it, it seems to be, be a very common thing for people like me who aren't just completely straight. You know how, you know, it's more of a spectrum. We're kind of more right. in maybe the middle or even, you know, further on the spectrum. To where there, there's not a lot of examples out there and it's hard to see what your life is going to be like when you don't see that reflected back at you. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, 
well, you're on your own, figure it out. <laughs> so and yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. You know, I met somebody, actually met my husband the last semester of college, um, which, you know, to me, oh, that falls right in line with what I'm, you know, kind of the path I have set out for myself, you know? Right. And yep. We, that's what you're supposed to do. Ex exactly. So we graduated college and got married and a couple years later had a baby and everything was rock and rolling along. And I'm like, yeah, I've got, you know, kind of checking the boxes off. All right. I did this. I did this. And, you know, at that time I was, um, I was working in the music industry, which is an industry that I wanted to be involved in. So I, I kind of had every, I kind of had all my plates spinning, you know, in the air of like, okay, this is, this is good. This is, this is what, um, what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You had a new house in the suburbs. You were killing it. I did. It. A new house in the suburbs, but I didn't, like on the outside, I had all these things, but I didn't feel connected to them. Like I didn't feel like I belonged there, which is a weird feeling to have um, in your life. I loved my husband as a person. I loved, you know, my family and my kid and I loved everything about it, but you know, never, you know, just kind of figuring things out on my own. Like I said, I had never really recognized the crushes that I had early on as something to pursue, something that, um, you know, I needed to integrate into my actual life. I use the word crush because I don't know what else to call it. Because when you're young like that, I mean, it's not like a sexual attraction. It's more just like a Ooh, that person's cool, you know? Um, right. Like I, I want them to like me. Yeah, I want them to be yeah. my friend, kind well, of. Like, when I was three years old, I totally remember being so mesmerized by um, Debbie Harry and Blondie. So mesmerized <laughs> by her. Yes. And there, I, I can pinpoint there are different people along the way, um, whether it was a, you know, a gym teacher or a substitute teacher or, um, you know, a girl that was ahead of me in middle school, just different people along the way that I, there was just some kind of, some kind of something there that I was drawn to, but I didn't recognize that that's what it was, which to me kind of was really jarring <laughs> because then when I got to the point, you know, I, I was married, living in the suburbs, had a kid. And for the first time, had a lesbian come into my inner circle, you know, which I had never really had before. I've been aware, you know, I've, I had, um, met lesbian and queer and gay people before and had different friends and stuff, but nobody that was like close. And it was the first mm -hmm. time I was really exposed to somebody like that. You know, back in that time, I mean, we're thinking, you know, a lot of the representation that we're getting too of just gay and queer and lesbian people are very, um, stereotypical. Oh, oh yeah. Lesbians, lesbians have short hair and they, you know, they're real, they're kind of manly and they, you know, it's all very stereotypical. There's nothing, there's, there's no, no nuance, you know, no nuance in, in the spectrum of what queerness actually represents you know right and, and at that time like the l word was just coming out and it just was like starting yeah and it was but even that like was not representative 
of it, it wasn't the worst normal life yes <laughs> no no like not at all dressed to the nines you know like <laughs> no. like just wealthy and famous and it wasn't reality at all and let me tell you my perceptions of that time that's what i was carrying with me you know and and that didn't feel um like i didn't identify with that either you know these like mm -hmm. super sexy you know classy lesbians with these you know oh i'm an art curator and like all you know all that kind of stuff and i'm like <laughs> right I, yeah that's awesome and i love watching the show but i still don't really relate to these people you know yeah um yeah but anyway like back at that time when i did start hanging out and uh you know going to parties and stuff like at first i was like is what it's gonna be like <laughs> you know and then of course i went to like my first like party with a bunch of other lesbians and then it's like oh no this is just like regular people hanging out okay i got this yeah <sighs> okay i can i can i can breathe easy now that's it's not quite like that <laughs> but it's learning right. those things it's learning those things along the way you just got to kind of figure it out for yourself but um I was married and had a kid and I was just, I was living my life doing what I moved to Nashville to do. I was somebody who was very um, driven as, as a student. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to come to Nashville to go to college. I, I always, always knew what I wanted. So <laughs> when back at that time, you, <laughs> walked in yeah. to my world and what struck me so much is that it was such an involuntary thing like i and it's still to today i i think of it in this context as like something something that happened to me you know like something i wasn't like hmm. really involved in to me it just feels like this thing happened to me and then like i had all this stuff in my head that I had to deal with and figure out, gotcha. you know? Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But, but yes, it, you came in my inner circle and, and <laughs> I was like, you know, had this crush and then had to figure this stuff out and I'm married and I'm like, what does this all mean? I don't know. And of course we were friends. So it's like, you can't say anything, you know? And I wanted to be, well, you know, totally respectful of our friendship so like i didn't say anything so for like the longest time i'm just like processing this in my head to try and make some sense of it try and figure out is this something that i need to take any kind of action on outside of my head or is this just something that i need to work out inside my head and nobody will ever know right well, and just like a little context, I guess, we worked together at we a music did. publishing company. A lot of times it was just like a handful of us in the office, like kind of the office workers. So we had a lot of time to socialize while we were Joke. working because we were, yes. yeah, we were like, <laughs> had all of our desks were in one room. It was in an old hat, like a house that was turned into an office. And we were just like across the living room, basically from each other <laughs> yeah, working. Exactly. So we had a lot exactly. of time to chat and I was also what we're going to call a late bloomer. And I knew that I was gay 
just kind of like you were saying, I can go back and I can recognize the girl I had a crush on in second grade. Like now I can mm-hmm. pinpoint exactly what that was. Yeah. But I didn't come out until I was living in Nashville in my early 20s. And really? so this was all in in that time. Yeah. And, and the time that like we became friends, my family didn't know. Like I, so I was slowly coming out to like friends and to you guys at work. And it was just like every day I was just like putting myself out there a little bit more. So it, it may seem like this like whirlwind lesbian just came in and like <laughs> tore your world apart, but I was so clueless and dumb. And you actually went with me the first time I went out to a lesbian I- bar. Yes, in I Nashville. do remember that it was your first time. That's wild. Yeah, because I had and we no met our f- idea that you were. Yeah, recent, we, you had recently come out. Yeah, and not and not even to like everybody. Like I just was mm-hmm. like baby stepping it through life. Like just I'll tell this person because I think they're going to be okay, and these guys seem all right. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was, and I was just clueless. And like that time we met our friend Bree, who was also like later we found out kind mm-hmm. of like dipping her toe in the gay pool <laughs> and uh-huh. we all three like just kind of figured out who we were in different ways and not necessarily realizing where we all were because to me you were mm-hmm. still my straight married friend with a baby at home that just mm-hmm. was like cool as shit and wanted to support me and you were like regardless that's yeah, exactly what you were yeah and at that point you know i mean that's that was very much true as well in just uh supporting you and and everything that that you were doing i do remember going to the bar with you the first time and it being your first time at the bar and i was just as nervous myself walking in there um you know cuz that, that was my first time as well i'm like oh my gosh what is this what is this experience going to be like you know right and then yeah you know we obviously like like the experience enough to to hang out there some it was <laughs> it was a karaoke night Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. 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 I just kind of became this fun, like social event that we could all look forward to. But really, it was like so much bigger than that. It was it was all of us like blossoming basically into the people that we are now. It's it's strange to kind of look back on it and be like, wow, that was like a pivotal time on so many levels. You know, where where we are in our lives today compared to then, I mean, I feel like we were just kind of, you know, like had a blindfold on and we're just kind of feeling our way through, just trying to figure it out. The thing is like, okay, you you didn't definitely didn't have that energy as far as like a predator, that predatory energy, you know, it wasn't that kind of thing. But I definitely thought you had your lesbian shit together. Even though I knew really? that you had been to like a lesbian bar before or anything, I thought that was just more of you being young, um, oh, and not no. going to many, not going to, you know, to me, you were this person that kind of came in my world and, you know, you were trying to think, I mean, to me, you were lesbian from the get go. I don't know. I don't remember at what point I don't remember, but I do remember interviewing you. I remember interviewing you You had on a, a very, um, it was a very lesbian staple outfit. You had the white button down on. <laughs> black had pants. had your sleeves rolled up, some black pants on. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. I could have gone and like worked at like a banquet as a caterer following. (laughs) Basically, that's what I (laughs) was wearing. So, yeah. There were some, <laughs> some dead giveaways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were there were some giveaways for sure. You know, with with myself, I mean, I felt like there there were no giveaways for me, so I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do with I didn't know what to do with all this information. And you know, I I'm, I'm sure it's different. Everybody has their own personal story of you know their life and and how they how they go about it and do things. But for me, I, I tend to process things um, a lot. I tend to, you know, just kind of go inside myself in my head and overanalyze a lot. I had basically sat on that information for like two years um, while we were friends and just kind of trying to figure out what do I need to do with this information? And eventually it just got to the point where it was affecting my daily functioning. And at that point, I knew, like, I had to do something. I had to do something. And I was thinking about this recently. You know, how I was saying most of what we see growing up or, you know, on TV and movies and stuff or, you know, straight couples. And like at the end of the movie, the guy kisses the girl. And it's just like, you know, kind of not having that same representation. But I remember watching an episode, it's an older episode now, of Supergirl, um, and they had um, kind of a coming out story on there of a late bloomer who was almost 30, you know, just like I was. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like literally my story here. This is my story (laughs) on the television. It was it was wild because there were so many scenes that directly spoke to me of like she was talking about the different the different experiences she'd had growing up where she recognized these experiences, but didn't really connect the dots of them. And then another thing that, um, another scene in that storyline was that, um, the person that she fell for that made her realize that, um, that she was gay to begin with, there was this whole scene where they were talking and she's like, yeah, I realized that it wasn't about you, but it was about, me finding out who I am, you know, and, and that's what I think when I look back on it now, it's like, you were the person that it kind of kickstarted that in my brain. It wasn't so much about like being directed at you specifically, but more about like figuring my shit out, you know? Right. And, kind and of forcing getting, you to yes, and take, to that, take a look inside yourself. and Exactly. And it was getting to that place where I was comfortable just being honest with myself. And then once I was honest with myself, trying to figure out how to communicate that to others, and then also just how to function in my day-to-day life. And, you know, I had to make some changes. And that's, that's where it got to the point for me where it was affecting my daily functioning because literally that's all I was thinking about. I I was just thinking about it constantly and going over and over and over in my head. And it was so distracting to the point where I had to do something about it. I I remember the night. I remember the night I was laying in bed. And for two years, every single day that I stayed where I was, it's like we all have choices. And every single day that I stayed there in my marriage, in that house and everything, I was choosing to stay there. 
And I remember this one night laying in bed and I was thinking, what if I choose something else? What if I choose not to stay here? What if I choose to not be in this relationship? And what if I choose to possibly open up my world to other possibilities that might be better for me as a person? I knew I would be letting a lot of people down and that's what kept me from it for so long. I mean, you know, my husband, my kid, our families, you know, I, I didn't want to fail. Um, I definitely, the last thing I wanted to do was cause him pain because he was amazing. I mean, he's, we still have a fantastic relationship to this day. I mean, we're great co-parents. Um, we get along great. We have great communication and, and he's a really great friend. Uh, I, I know I can yeah, count on him for anything. He's and a great guy. He is. And, and, and we're there for each other. You know, we're, we're still there for each other. And I just got to that point where I had this moment of clarity. I have to make a different choice. I can't decide to stay anymore. And when I decided that, like, I felt like I could breathe. I felt like this huge weight had been lifted off me. And then of course, you know, you've, you've got the next day and then all the logistics that need to be figured out. But I felt better about where I was going. I felt like I gained a little bit more ownership of myself and who I was in doing that, you know, be able to give that to somebody else when the, when the time was right. After that night, when I finally decided that I needed to do something different. I had, I had just had that moment of clarity. I, I felt, I felt lighter. And that next day I had made plans that, okay, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's a day. It's a regular work day. I got to go to work today. You know, I, I don't have time to tell my husband I'm gay. You know, I don't, I don't have time for this. I got to go to work. <laughs> so, so, you know, I went to work that day and of course, you know, I'm distracted all day. I'm trying to think about, how the heck I'm, I'm going to tell him after work? That's not something that you, I mean, obviously you're not looking forward to it, but it, it, it's equally, it, it's difficult when it's somebody that you care very deeply for. I did not have any ill feelings toward him at all. Um, we had, you know, generally a, a, a pretty good relationship. We were pretty open with each other. He knew that we were going out to the gay bars on Thursday nights, hanging out and fully supported it. Yeah. He fully supported that. So that next day I'm kind of a planner. So at work, I'm making my little bullet point list of like, okay, these are the reasons why I need to, you know, not be in this relationship. These are the reasons why I think that, you know, and so I had my little bullet point list on, um, on a post-it note that I brought home and I was going to have that conversation with him. And, uh, oh, that was one of the worst nights of my life. I remember it was awful. Um, it, it is not fun to hurt somebody that you care so deeply for and to, to watch them go through that pain. But it, it, it was necessary. And it, and it's so hard when you're on your own personal journey, but it's like, you've got other people involved, you know, you're not just living your life singularly i mean you've you've got family and every decision that you make it's going to affect other people too so mm -hmm. at this point i had been processing this information for 2 years pretty much every day just living inside of my head about it 
And after that night of clarity, I felt like, okay, I'm at the next step now and I need to communicate this to my husband. I, I need to, I need to tell him where I am at with this. And, and I felt like up until that point, I didn't know myself. I just wasn't there. I just couldn't get to that point. So when I did get to that point, I, you know, I got home that day with my little bullet point list and we had the conversation. And I tell you what, if he, if he had said at that point, no, let's work on this. Let's, let's figure out a way. I may have stayed. I may have stayed longer than I probably should have. And it would have, it would have drug out and would have been more miserable. Those two years where it was living inside my head, yes, it was an uncomfortable position for me because I was living with this information, but I had control of it. I had control of this mm -hmm. information. I could decide to just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pack that thought away. You know, I'm going to pack that thought right. away and focus on something else and nobody will ever know. But once I decided to vocalize it and get my husband involved in that conversation, I wasn't in control anymore. And that was scary. It was scary because mm -hmm. once it was out there, it was out there and he could do whatever he wants with it. And he set the wheels in motion as far as uh, like he called his parents that night was, you know, started setting the wheels in motion for like divorce already. And like I said, if, if he had said, you know, let's let's talk about this, work on this, I probably would have would have stayed a, a bit longer. I, I don't think I would have stayed forever because it would have eventually just, you know, came to have come to a head again and I would have had to do something. But he set those wheels in motion. And I mean. I remember that that night there was there was a lot of emotions going on a, a lot I mean crying screaming whatever everything in between but the decisions were starting to be made not just by me but you know with him as well you know obviously he was he was hurt and confused and you know I had just you know upended his whole world and, you know, he was having to scramble and figure out, okay, what's his life going to be now when, you know, we had planned this life together, but we set that in motion and it was pretty fast from there. It was really fast. Um, I think I told him it was like maybe the second week in January that year when I told him and by May we were divorced. It, it happened really quickly, but, um, I remember um, when we when we actually did the divorce and actually had to go to court, he picked me up and we rode in the same car. Yeah. And, you know, afterward, you know, we talked about it and like, yep, well, we're divorced now. But, you know, OK, I'll, I'll see you at home. You know, we still lived together at that time. And, and um, you know, we just had to figure out then what our relationship was going to be, because we we cared about each other very much. We loved each other very much. It's just that it, it was something was missing. There was there was a missing connection there. And mm -hmm. you know, it was something we had to deal with. And we worked through it. Logistically, I ended up staying in the house for a little while before um, I, I moved out and got an apartment on my own. That was in May, I think. So for a good five months or so, we were living in that house together and just just trying to figure out what our new normal was going to be. You know, we had a three-year-old kid at the time. So 
you know, day to day, we're just trying to be parents and trying to do what we do every day while our kid is awakened up because, you know, you don't want to be talking about that stuff in front of your kid, you know, right. and, and then when the kid goes to bed at night, then that's when everything, you know, anything built up from the day, you know, that's when all that comes out. So there was, you know, there was definitely some some tense times and it was the end uh, for sure. <laughs> we worked through those emotions and, um, you know, he's a fantastic guy. He really is. And um, I remember we went to this um we had to go to like a, a divorce counseling thing. And the one thing that stuck out to both of us from that is just that if you have kids, what you need to do is no matter what, focus on the kid. It's not about you. Just focus on the kid. And honestly, that really carried us through because every decision we made from then on out was focused on our kid. It wasn't like, Okay, mm -hmm. what do I need or what does he need? It was like, okay, what's going to be the best for our kid? And at that right. time, living together was the best thing for our kid until it got to be, okay, this is not what's best. So now we have to make a different decision. So and we just kind of took it one day at a time from there. He's an amazing person and, and we got to a place where we can be friends and, and uh, co-parent and, you know, st still have a great relationship and we're you know, we're family always. He he is a very just nice, considerate guy. And I I mean, those two years that you were kind of processing everything, I imagine like in hindsight, he was able to recognize the changes in you as well. You know what I mean? Maybe kind of seeing that journey and that. Yeah you were changing or maybe holding something back. And mm -hmm. so I, I imagine that he's able to look back too and be like, yeah, wow. Okay. This oh, was I think, for the best, you know? I think so too. And, and for me, I identify that point in my life and in him as that is the point in my life and my journey where I learned what unconditional love is. Because the position that he took, like he loved me unconditionally. He loved me enough to, to know that he had to let me go in order for me to thrive as a person, in order for me to have the kind of life that, that I needed to have. He knew that he had to let me go. And that was a huge sacrifice on his end because he thought he found his person. Right. And, and I felt an immense amount of guilt and sadness for taking that away from him. But he loved me enough to let me go. And, and yeah, that, that is definitely the point in my life where, where I know that, that that's what unconditional love is. Yeah. I mean, it's like now you guys, you're closer now than you would be if you were still married. Oh, you know what 100%. I mean? Like, like as friends Absolutely. and and parents. And so it's, it's gotta be, I mean, so much of it is just like being able to see things like in hindsight. It, he, he could have reacted differently and mm -hmm. lost you as a friend. You know, um, this could have gone on longer to the point that you guys had so much just tension and animosity and eventually just hatred or whatever that you guys couldn't even co-parent. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it made it just, terrible toxic for all three of you mm -hmm. so he handled it with 
he handled it with grace <laughs> for for sure. I mean, we could have. Yeah. I mean, he could have easily. I mean, this was this was 13 years ago. A lot has changed in the world in the last 13 years. I mean, gay people couldn't even get married 13 years ago. And that was a concern I had. It was it was a huge concern I had in telling him was that, OK, what if he's so mad that he takes me to court and takes takes our kid away from me? You know, that that was a valid concern. And I'm thinking, holy crap, we're in, you know, we're in the South here. Uh, we're in conservative territory. If he decides to pursue that, I got a problem on my hands, you know. Mm-hmm. And luckily, <laughs> he did not. And we went just kind of every step of the way together on it and just trying to figure out what was going to be the best thing to do. But he eventually found his person. They just had a baby not too long ago. Um, he is just living his best life right now. And I tell you what, that baby is adorable. Love that little guy. <laughs> and just to see him so happy makes me happy. You know, just, just to see him so happy with, you know, with somebody else to have another kid and everything and just, just to be thriving. That makes my heart so happy. And thank you, by the way, for being an amazing friend, because I can't even imagine what my whole experience has been like from your perspective. The fact that you still even talk to me <laughs> right now and are still friends with me is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, Why? I'm sure it was. Because I can't imagine like, OK, as a human being. You know, everybody does this. You know, you have those times where like you think back on something that you did or said when you were younger or something and you just cringe. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that or did that. (laughs) Yeah, that's daily for me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's me with like all of this stuff. I'm like, oh, dear God, I can't. But I mean, I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine it having gone any other way. I mean, it just, you know, that was my journey and that's, I had to, that's just the way it was. And, but I can't imagine what it was like coming from your perspective, because as much as I didn't ask for this to be kind of going on, you certainly the hell didn't ask for it to be coming on. And you were just kind of thrown into that situation. And I was like, here, so this is what's going on. The thing that the catalyst for all this really i mean like us us meeting and becoming friends at work is kind of what led to all this and i think that that was known to everyone involved just timeline wise mm-hmm. um so i felt guilty because i i mean i had hung out with you guys as a couple i'd been to your house and i really 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 like him um just really respected him and so i i didn't want him to think that i was like hey you know what's awesome being a lesbian <laughs> you should do it and <laughs> so like i and he, i, I yeah, felt and he he definitely didn't i mean he 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 okay yeah, he most certainly definitely did not we went out to dinner and then because you were like i need to tell you something so we like sat in one of our cars and you told me and at the time we were both in relationships mm-hmm. so it wasn't it was just kind of yeah information that had to be processed but not necessarily dealt with i guess you know what i mean like yeah more than anything was like 
I am one clueless motherfucker because I had <laughs> no idea. And Funny. so I, I felt stupid. But I mean, as your friend, I just enjoyed watching well, I mean, you, you were, just you were blossom, there every, you know? every single step of the way in that process. You were there. And I mean, we had other friends, too, you know, that were there. You know, we worked together, so I saw you more than anybody. Um, but yeah, right. you were there every single step of the process. And, and for me at that point, I selfishly, I think I felt like I needed to tell you just for closure. Um, because you knew you were there for, for the whole journey from the very beginning of it. And, you know, you knew everything that was going on. You just didn't know that it was you that, you know, that prompted everything for, for me, but. I needed you to know just for closure and just to be, you know, if, especially if we were going to stay friends, I, that's something you, I, don't, I just didn't feel like I could not tell you. But at that point in my life, I felt so raw. I felt like I had just been like stripped down, vulnerable. It just felt like something that I had to do in order to get to the next step. For me, I think, like, I, I sensed that in you. Like, I know your personality. I know you don't like hanging on to things. And for you, it's very therapeutic to release things, whether it's through writing a song or maybe just art or whatever. Like, yeah. that for you, that must have been really hard. But having that out in the open and not just pinned inside anymore had to have been huge for you so i was mm -hmm. i i understood that that it wasn't just like a a wrecking ball of information like it, that's that wasn't what you were intending it was just yeah. like i well, need you to you know for, this because yeah thank you for picking up on that because that's that's exactly that's exactly how i felt like i just felt like okay. i needed to get through this la you know get through that last step and then because like you said we were in different, you know, I was in a relationship at the time with somebody else. And for me, in order to have closure on what had happened previously, you know, I needed to take that step in order to move forward with a new relationship that I was just starting, you know, right? in order to just, just kind of close that chapter, just kind of and... close that exactly kind of close out the whole like, figuring myself out, coming out chapter and, you know, get into the a different chapter. So and it's crazy because like at that time, I felt like I felt like I was such an anomaly. Like I was I felt weird. I felt like, um, you know, because I was married and then, you know, it's like, oh, you're a lesbian now. You know, it's like, who does that? You know, and I felt like <laughs> I felt so weird at the time. But in the years since I have discovered how common it is, you know, for late bloomers like that, like me, who didn't have their stuff figured out early on in their lives and, you know, ended up, you know, especially, especially if you're somebody like me who falls a little bit more along the spectrum than just like straight or gay. I don't even know if I like to give myself a label. I guess if I had to, I would just say queer maybe, but like, I don't even know if lesbian fits, you know? Cause I mean, I right. was married and I, I've dated guys and attracted to guys, but I tell you what, I don't think I could ever be in a relationship with a guy again. I definitely am drawn to more of a feminine energy, but I tell you what, the guys that I have dated have had a feminine energy. They've been hmm. more sensitive, softer kind of guys. You know, I mean, they're still 
manly men, but just, you know, had been more sensitive or um, in, in tune with their feminine qualities, um, which right. I think is interesting as well. Yeah, there's a lot of late bloomers like me, you know, I've, after I divorced my husband um, and, you know, kind of came out or whatever, less than a year after another one of my friends, like in my close, like inner circle, did the same thing. She was married, had two kids, and she came out. And what what's funny is, you know, after I came out, you know, I started telling people here and there because obviously they were going to find out we were getting divorced. You know, people were going to find mm -hmm. out, you know, they were going to find out why. Um, but I, you know, started reaching out to, you know, certain friends personally to let them just, you know, kind of touch base, let them know what was going on so they could hear it from me. The response that I got back from my one friend, like it blew me away. I was so surprised. Like she's real into her faith. She's, um, she sings Christian music and, you know, real religious and everything. And I, the, the response that I was expecting to get back from her, I was honestly expecting to get a negative response back from her. Um, the, the response she sent me was, it was this whole big paragraph of, you know, oh, I'm, you're living your truth and you must feel so, you know, so much joy and all of this positive stuff. And I was like, wow, that was, that's just amazing. And then come to find out she must've been processing that stuff herself at that time, because less than a year later, she did the same thing. You know, I, I'm not an anomaly. There are definitely a lot more people out there who are late bloomers and especially people who, you know, may not have had their stuff figured out early on and, and ended up getting married to a guy or, you know, dating guys most of their lives. It is kind of our responsibility as human beings, as much as we feel comfortable to put our experiences out there, whether it's a song or a blog post or just just something to share that human experience, which, you know, somebody else can stumble upon. And it just makes you feel like you're you're not alone. Looking back on that, it's it's funny, you know, when you asked me to do this podcast, you know, or if I would. Some of my thinking and perceptions have, have changed since then. They've evolved. Um, I think at that time, I was still very much stuck in stereotypes, you know, like it really threw me when I met you because you do not look or act like what I had thought up until that point of, oh, this is what a lesbian is. Yeah, those stereotypes that you know, especially I think back then, maybe we're kind of ingrained and just, I didn't have internet until I was in college. You know, I didn't have a cell right. phone until I was in college. So, you know, we didn't have internet. We didn't have, you know, all these great resources that you do now. And now there is, well, they're starting to be anyway, um, you know, queer representation on television. Um, I know you know I'm an erper, and I watched um, an episode of One on Erp last night, and I'm telling you what, if you're not watching the show and you are queer, you are missing out, missing out. Um, I tell you, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, kind, the kind of stuff that they're putting in that show, I swear to God, if I would have had access to that when I was in my teens or 20s, it probably would have made a world of difference because I see myself more in them than I did, like, say, Ellen growing up.
you know, I right. didn't quite I identify with Ellen, but there are other types of queer people that I identify with. And I just didn't see that. Um, so it was just kind of figuring that out. But and 13 years later, I've, I've only grown as an individual, you know, and, and I have different um, different ways of, of interpreting that whole experience. Definitely. And I think you've kind of talked about it. I I was going to ask you, like, if you had any, I don't really, like, advice isn't really the word. I can't even ask the question because I don't know yeah, how to phrase it. I would, but I mean, for somebody that's mean, maybe. Somebody that's going through the same kind of thing. Um, yeah, that, like, just, just heard your story and is, like, some of it's resonating with them. Like, I don't know. For, go for to me, you're a lesbian.org. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for me, I think I've been doing a lot of meditating lately. It's a, it's a practice that I've just recently started. It makes sense to me. Um, I was brought up Catholic and, you know, had different religious experiences, but for me, just like sitting and meditating is so much more spiritual and better way that I can feel like I'm, I'm connected to the world around me and humanity. Um, I would say for anybody, thinking and going through kind of this in your head, find some space, find some space, whether you meditate or whatever works for you to get some space from the busy world, because you can easily get distracted with work and I got to go to the grocery store and I got to do this and that, and just keeping yourself busy to where it's this nagging thing in the back of your head, but you don't really address it. And I think for me, that night of clarity that I had was because I was just, I gave myself the time and the space to just process and you just got to figure yourself out because what works for you might not work for somebody else. And you have to look inward and see what you need and what's going to work for you. That's the only thing I would say. Gotcha. But yeah, thank you for doing this. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. It's so nerve wracking, like thinking like other people are going to listen. I have not done. I'm, I've gotten so weird about like putting myself out there lately. So I'm okay. trying to find my own energy again and right. express my own energy. So thank you for this opportunity because it has helped me oh, at this sure. point in time, at this point in time in my life to start, um, being comfortable with my own voice again. So I appreciate it. Well, good. Somebody might mm -hmm. listen to it and, and connect with it. So I think it's really important and I appreciate you sharing your story. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like Know What I Heard and want to support the show, please go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. If you can also leave us a positive review, that's how we're going to be able to get new listeners to the show. And honestly, that's the only way that we're going to be able to stay on the air. So if you can help us out, that would be amazing. Also, subscribe to the show. You'll automatically get the new episodes as they're uploaded. 
We've got people listening from all over the U.S., and we've also got people listening from all over the world, which is pretty incredible. We've got people listening in Canada and Australia, Norway, the U.K., Germany, Ireland, India, and a whole bunch of other countries, so it's pretty incredible. And I can kind of see where people are listening, but I can't see who's listening. Um, So if you guys want to reach out, I would love to know who's out there, who you are, what you think of the show so far. So please feel free to go to the Facebook page, which is Know What I Heard Podcast, and leave a comment. Let me know who you are, um, or you can also send a message through there, or feel free to send an email at knowwhatiheard at gmail.com. Also, if you have any show ideas or questions, or you know somebody who might be a great guest, or you want to be a guest, feel free to send me a message about that as well. So um, again, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, hey, know what I heard?